And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Mind Public Life is an American nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang, welcome back this week. I know last week I said that this week we would have a guest. Um, I changed my mind, actually. I still had the guest. Um, you can actually go over to my other podcast, which is Who's the Boss?, uh, I re brought that one back up, made some changes to it, and it's going uh, full time. And you can go and check out uh, Mr. Kennedy Phillips. He is a sound engineer, creator of a animated series that he's trying to push. Uh, great audio drama as well. And I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with him. So you can jump over there and listen to that interview if you want to find out what he's all about great stuff he, he's just he's giving me a lot of ideas um so initially i was going to go to bed it's uh one o'clock in the morning and i was just laying in bed i had just finished watching wrestling uh i watched wrestling on hulu and um it was okay. I mean, I did a lot of fast forwarding to the matches. I just, I don't know why, but it was okay. And I, I felt that I needed to talk. I needed to, you know, there's in psychology, they say that there's three things, three essential things that a, a human being needs to exist. And that is food reproducing and an opportunity to be heard and i needed to be heard i guess is is what it comes down to um i i marveled at the fact of of how much feedback i got from last episode you know and it's shame on me Shame on me for not realizing this until now is that not everybody knows who I am, you know, my personal life. I mean, there is a lot of transitions that are people listening from the world of myth um, are coming in and listening to these extra podcasts. And I say extras because uh, Mondays, Stephanie Barty, who is the managing editor is uh, putting out a weekly podcast on Mondays called The World of Mythbits. And contributors to The World of Mythbits listen to her, um, con the contestants for the Open Contract Challenge listen to her, you know, for more things to happen. So there's a lot of focus on that podcast. And I've noticed that it's starting to dwindle over into the other podcasts that I do. So a lot of people were surprised to find out that, uh, you know, as a, a child, all the way up to a teen, early teen, I was unable to read. 
well, I could read. You know, I could read uh, what they said was at a third grade reading level. And a lo- I got a lot of feedback, and that was really neat. And, and I I, I want to say thank you for everybody that uh, listened last week, and you're listening now, so thank you. Um, you know, I, I – I have a thing I don't understand myself is I I have this podcast network that I own. I have two online magazines that I own. I own a publication brand that publishes novels and comic books and anthologies, e-zine and print publication. You know, I, I've made uh, several different things in, in that realm. I've worked on movies. I've been a producer. I've done a lot of stuff. But I, I have, and the funny thing is, is if people know me, they're like, oh, no, you got a big ego, which is not true at all, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I have a hard time. I can put somebody over. Now, putting over is a wrestling term, meaning, uh, you know, I can make somebody look good. But I just have a hard time putting myself over, making myself look good. Now, I did this back in 2012. I, it's, I walked away from uh, publications. and I, That's how Jaiselmon started, was it was strictly to promote me as an author, as a podcaster. And that need to express myself kind of flourished because I did. I put out my book. It was a a joint effort. But the, I don't know, the populace didn't like it. They're like, oh, you put out your own book. That's not cool. And I just, it kind of, I don't know, just bugged me. So I I actually, that was it. I didn't do no more publishing after that. And then uh, for the rest of, from, oh, that was 2013. So from 2013 to 2015, actually into 2016 too, um, I podcasted. And I don't know if you want if you want to know something about me, just email me, and I'll, I'll be more than happy to talk about it here on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, I'm I'm an open book. Uh, you ask me pretty much anything, I'll, I'll be more than happy to to answer your question. So, let's see. One more thing I want to get into. Sunday. Now, mind you, I've been going to AMC since they purchased the building. And it's literally three miles away from my house. That's why I go. And this Sunday, on the the AMC app, I purchased three tickets for the Child Play remake, and it was for 10.30 at night. I bought one adult ticket and two children's tickets. Now, before I start getting all this hate email, let me explain something to you, okay? My kids, uh, other than Jay, Jay just doesn't like horror at all, so he's excluded from this. But my girls... My girls have grown up with horror. I, I've always loved horror movies. And especially Zoe, because Zoe, when Zoe was four years old, 
I cast her to be the little ghost girl in my short film called Hello. And from that moment moving forward, she understood it was fake. They're actors. It's makeup. It's this special type of costume. And while she still gets scared, it's not like, oh, my God, they're going to come get me kind of scared. You know, like it's a jump scare. It's almost on the same level as an adult level with that comprehension, but through a child's eyes. Hey, yeah, I tried to figure that one out, huh? So anyway, Zoe and I, in fact, okay, Zoe and I have watched every single Friday the 13th movie uncut, okay? That's just us. That's what we do. We watch scary movies together. That's just us. Zoe, Lily, and I, Lily's the youngest, we have watched all of the Return of the Living Dead. Uh, that's not true. I skipped three because I've seen, you know, the first three. So I knew that three was kind of raunchy and not even like a, a, a sexual perverted raunchy. But like, you know, at the end where they died, and the glass was in the chick and it was us all. I, I thought that was too demented for the girls. So we skipped three. But what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, that is kind of our family thing. We watch scary movies. It's not that big of a deal. Zoe and Lily both like Child's Play, you know, the actual Chucky Child's Play. Um, more so Zoe. Uh, I think Lily's just kind of following Big Sister's footsteps kind of thing. But so anyway, let me jump back to Sunday. I went. I purchased the tickets. And it was for 10:30 at night. Now my girls are on summer vacation, so that's one number one reason why I decided to go. Number two is because 10:30 at night, no one will be in the in the theater. So if there was, you know, like they scream or something gets scary, nobody's there. It's not going to hurt anything. Number three is because. You get the girls, specifically Lily, you get her some popcorn, get her a warm tummy, get her, you know, wrapped up in a nice little zip up, you know, daddy zip up and, and she'll be asleep by 20, 25 minutes in, you know, and it's okay to be, you know, it's okay because I was going to say to spend that money, it's it's not a waste because she's still with me and her sister. So even though she's asleep. She's still with us as a family, and I don't mind dropping the, the cash. You know, I've done it before. It's not a big deal. So we go, we get in line. There's a couple of uh, kids in front of us, no big deal. I walk up. I, I have an iPhone, so I have the AMC app connected to my iWallet or my Apple Wallet, whatever it's called. I lift it, and lady's like, okay, da 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 da. And instead of giving me my tickets, she looked at me and she goes, we have a policy that says kids can't enter the theater uh, after 10 p.m. or some, some craziness like that. I'm like, really? I said, then why did you sell the tickets? Why, did, why is your website selling me these tickets? 
And of course she got an attitude. And I, I just cut her off immediately. And I was just like, get me your manager. And the manager came out and she just busted my balls. I mean, there's no other ways about it. And I told her, I said, you know what? I said, you are discriminating against my girls. And she's like, well, how can I discriminate against a girl? Because I'm a girl. I said, because if I had two sons with me, it wouldn't have been an issue. It would have not been an issue. I see young kids, young boys going into horror films with their dads all the time. But because my kids are girls, you're discriminating against them. I'm not forcing them to go. They want to go. They've been hounding me about it all week long. They refused. And then on top of that, they said it's going to take, you know, five to seven business days to get a refund. I'm like, really? I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but, you know, it's it was three movie tickets. There you go. It was expensive. And it was after matinee, so it was even more expensive. So I went home. I uh, got on the, online and found that you can talk to, you know, it's like complaint. I was really upset. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going I'm to fight with these fools. And got online and I started fussing with them. And I, I, I knew that there was a, a policy. So I was like, show me the policy. And of course, the lady's like, or at first it was a, a guy named Robert. And. He didn't want it to even bother with me. You know, by this time it was late at night. I don't, he probably lived in India or somewhere. So I don't know. But he didn't want to bother with me. So he, he literally cut me. Like right in the middle of conversation. He's like, okay, we're done. Boom. You know. So I, I logged back in. Now, at first I was laughing. But the more I thought about it, the angrier I got. And I was like, okay. Show me the policy. And then this lady's like, well, you go here, you click here, you go there, you do this. And if you go to AMC theaters, you scroll down and it's like other policies. And then there's you, you, it's one of those ones where you, it's a mouse over, which means it doesn't even pop up, you know, in an, uh, an outside window. It's, a, it's in the parent window. So you have to leave your mouse there. That I mean, it was really shitty done. I'm sorry. I, I know I've used the S word twice this episode, and I apologize. Um. So anyway, we're we're debating. We're going back and forth, going back and forth. I I used to be on the debate team, you know, back in the day. So this this person wasn't going to win, and. That's kind of what happened is like she sent me down this rabbit hole and I found a policy that trumped all her policies. And it was simply because I'm over 21 and I'm the parental figure of the children. I legally have the right to decide if my children can handle that type of, you know, content. And 
I brought it to her, and then she's like, "Well, then it's it's the that's the manager's discretion." And then I said, "Show me that in writing," <laughs> and that and she cut me off. So I, I'm having a hard time. I've not gone back to AMC since Sunday. I don't know if I will go back to AMC. It's it's frustrating because of how close it is. And I'm a Stubbs member, so I had I pay an annual fee, you know, for their membership. You know, to get a kickback on because like when Marvel comes out, we always get the 3D tickets, you know, and that's like what, 20 bucks a shot. So with the AMC Stubbs, you get, you know, kickback and and you get the popcorn and all that good stuff. I don't know if I'm going to go back because I felt legitimately discriminated. And it's, 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 I know that you guys probably hear, you know, women being discriminated with their, 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 their sons, their kids, you know, the boys. And you don't ever listen or not listen. You don't ever hear, you know, of a father being discriminated because of their girls. You know, Regardless if my wife passed away or not, it would have happened anyway because we were a, a horror movie family. When my wife was alive, we watched horror movies with my daughter, you know, and well, our daughter. So it, it wouldn't have mattered. So that's that's my rant. I, I know I'm going into like <laughs> I've wasted half the show. You know, ranting about AMC, but that's my my rant about AMC. I don't know if I'm going back. I don't know if I'm going to boycott AMC. You know, I will be the first one to tell you that AMC's theaters are not the same quality as like a Cinemark, where you know you can actually recline in the seats and you know your your feet don't stick on the floor. But it it was clean. It was comfortable. Uh, for the most part, and for the most part, their projectors worked. And anybody that ever followed me on Instagram, it's uh, Instagram.com/slash David K Montoya. You know, I've taken plenty of screenshots of the projector not working at an AMC. But again, because it's three miles away, I'm pay fifteen bucks a year for the membership. I get a kickback. It's cheaper for me. I'm a tightwad. I am. I admit it. I have three kids. And if I can save money and please them at the same time, I'm all in. I really am. And that's kind of where I'm at now because uh, I, I, you know, I will be paying a lot more money for movie tickets now if I don't go back into AMC. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be boycotting AMC. I just I feel legitimately like I was discriminated against. I'm not asking anybody to go out and, and boycott AMC. I'm just this is my show, so I, I have an opportunity to air my grievances. You know, and if if by any wild, absolute wild chance that you are a single father with a daughter or a widowed father with a daughter, one daughter, two daughters, three daughters, it doesn't matter. 
and you've had to do this, you've gone through this yourself, and it doesn't necessarily have to be AMC. It can be any other type of brand out there. But you, you've experienced this type of discrimination. I would sincerely, not as the podcast host of this show, but as David Kevin Montoya, the widowed father of three, would like to know your story. And I'm not out to any type of publicity or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna most likely, you know, I'll put you on the show and, and talk about it. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm just I want to know. There's gotta be more than me experiencing something like this. So email me, David K Montoya at Jaysomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N dot com, and tell me. Let me know that I'm not alone in this situation. And tell me what you've decided to do in your situation. And hopefully that'll help me decide what steps that I'm going to do. Am I going to go back to AMC or am I going to go to, um, there's, let's see. Yeah, there's only like Cinemark left. There's an AMC at the mall and then there's a Cinemark at uh, Jess Ranch, which is just right down from where I live. So I don't know. I really don't know. Ah, goodness. I'm at the 21-minute mark, and I really – I haven't even dived into what I want to talk about as far as the news stories and, and everything going on. I just – I have – like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm experiencing insomnia again, so it's, that's kind of frustrating. And I am tired, but I can't sleep. I've I've been working on, you know, uh, Jay Zoman's Pop Culture Expo, February 8th, 2020. We have two guests confirmed. Uh, we have the, the writer of Jaws and the Jerk. Uh, Carl is just, he's an amazing uh, writer. He's coming. And then voice actor... Sam Quasman, and he's he's he was the voice of Donald Duck for 17 years. He's actively still the voice for Little Quacker on Tom and Jerry, and he's also been a voice actor on multiple episodes of uh, Robot Chicken. Those are confirmed. I am I will say that I'm working on. There could be like 10 guests if I can if I can budget this the way I want it to budget. I, and also I'm I'm working on some financing trying to talk to people um for a sponsorship and all that good stuff. So but if I can pull this off, I could I literally have like 10 celebrities there. And I'm dying to to announce two celebrities that are just like on the cusp of being confirmed, but I, I have to have the contract before I can announce it. So maybe next week, um, neither it be here or because the World of Mythbits comes out before my show. Actually, become World of Mythbits is the first thing to come out the, in the week. Um, maybe I'll have Stephanie go and uh, announce the the two celebrities if if the contracts are in by then uh let's see what else am i working on i am also working on the open contract challenge 
We are getting down to the nitty-gritty. We have five contestants left on that. And then at the end of this month, the judges – now, let me explain something if, if you're listening to this. And I don't know if it's actually ever been explained. Every judging system, every time it goes into a judge, it's a different judge. It's never, ever, ever the same judge. That way, there's no chance of bias. Okay? So the people that pick the original 50, those, what were they, three or, three or five? No, the 50 was five. I had five judges. So they were five, five different people that then picked the 20. And then another three people picked the 10. And then another three people picked the five. And then another three people will pick the final two. But I, as the owner of this escapade, we'll call it, I pick the winner, the grand prize winner. Now, I do realize that that may cause some hard feelings, but I am approaching this as a publisher, and I will go with what I feel is going to sell the most books. Now, also you need to know is that when you get to the final two, they're getting published. Okay? Just the grand prize winner is getting a print copy too, but they're both going into a uh, ebook. They're both getting an ebook contract. So there's that. Like I said, they're getting down to nitty gritty, and then the judges will pick the final two out of the the five. It, it's it's been really fun to watch. Um, I I have new ideas for. 2020's open contract challenge uh, just to, to make it more interesting and I'm going to have Stephanie also there's some some networking things that I'm working on uh, for the grand prize winner well I don't even know if it's going to be for I think that it'll be the, the final two will actually go on a radio station a couple radio stations if I can wing it and then the grand prize will do his uh, media junket and, and do the rounds with like pod, different podcasts promoting their books and whatnot. And then – and it's funny because it all kind of ends up back in, in uh, PCE. The grand prize winner will get a trip to California and have, an own, have their own booth, have all their books printed, you know, uh, cop, published books signed and will sell their book with autograph at PCE. So I'm I, I've got that going and goodness, what else have I got going? Issue 75 of the World of Myth. We are coming to a conclusion on what we're accepting for deadlines. Actually, I I think other than me because I've been so busy with everything else 
I think I'm the only one that's behind. I think everything else is ready to go. But um, August, not August, July, I, I apologize. July 24th, this month, next week, right? Is that, yeah, this next week from today, in fact, is, uh, well, issue 75 will come out. And then we are going to take a break. Well, we're not taking a break. Okay, that's that's not true. What we're going to do is we're cataloging everything that we get for the August issue and the September issue, and we're putting it together. It's coming out September 6th, which is the actual date of the World of Myths anniversary, 15-year anniversary. Uh, we came out on September 6th, and it's going to come out in retro style ebook form or not ebook form but you know online and the modern style it's also going to be offered in print but i i haven't decided if it's only going to be available to authors you know just as a you know let the authors buy as many copies as they want of this special issue i or maybe i, I don't know i because well, there's time. Email me and tell me what you guys think. Because I I kind of feel like if I sell them to the public, it kind of loses that that special feel to it. And I could totally be wrong. But that's just the way I feel. So let me know. Tell me what you think. Should I sell it to the public as well? Um, and then we might do a dollar PDF. Maybe. I, we'll see. These PDFs are a lot of work as well. And that is all comes out in September. So that's why we're, we're not publishing anything online in August. So we can have everything in September ready to go. Uh, okay. So now I'm 30 minutes into the show. Into my 45-minute show. <laughs> um. Let's go ahead. I I've I think I've just went on and on and on enough, and I I apologize. I I just feel like sometimes I I have a lot of things that I can only say or I can only get out while I'm here on the podcast, and specifically my public life as an American nerd because I don't really have. I mean. The the who's the boss that's now been resurrected is more of a, a an interview circuit. So uh, I don't I don't really have any other because I mean I I still have uh, shooting straight with my brother, but he's he's been saying oh I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna get back into it I'm gonna get back into it I want to get back into it it just has not happened yet. Um, and that's it. That's that's all of my outlets. Okay, enough of me yammering. We are now at the 31-minute mark. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and, and see what we can get through. Uh, I'll try to hold my uh, opinions unless it just kind of explodes through. But I, I will go through and I will read these and um, we'll see what happens. Let's start with let's, what do you want to do? Some comic book news, or let's do some TV news. 
Um, this one says, Walking Dead's next spinoff series casts its lead. Oh, okay. I'm like, number one, I didn't realize that they that they were working on a, a, another spinoff. I know that they, they're doing um, Fear of the Walking Dead, but I didn't know that there was another one in the works. It says, as the currently untitled second spinoff series of The Walking Dead moves deeper into pre-production, the upcoming AMC series has cast its lead actor. According to Variety, Alexa Musir, Nicholas Cantu, and Hal Cumpston? I apologize. I, so I, I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong, and I, I apologize has been cast in the major role of the the planned spinoff, which will reportedly feature the first generation of survivors to grow up following the franchise zombie apocalypse. None of the characters have currently been named, while a second lead female role currently remains to be cast. Okay. Monsoor. Why does that sound so familiar? Where do I know that name? Alexa Monsoor. Let's see if I can Google search her real fast. Uh, okay, I'm looking at her face. She does not look familiar. And I'm going to her IMDb real fast. I didn't watch Unfriended. I guess she was Unfriended movie. I heard it was really good though. Local Love, never seen it, never seen it. Um, and may I may I say that just because I haven't seen it, I'm not debating the quality of the film because I've not seen it or, or the. The quality of her acting. I'm just merely saying I have not seen it. And, uh, yeah, no, I haven't. So, okay. For some reason, it just, it was like ringing a bell. Like I, I knew her, or, well, knew of her. So, okay. Good for her. Good job. Um, let's see. It says, Monsieur on, Unfiltered dark web will reportedly portray a likable impulse role breaker with a sad secret. While Cantu, Lego Star Wars, Freedom Make Em Adventures will portray a boy described as an old soul and trained in martial arts. Cumston, which is blitched. Blitched, B-I-L-C-H-E-D, Blitched, portrays a character described as, as a big for his age who scares other children due to his size, making him a bit of a loner figure. Okay, interesting. Um... Waiting for this to load, folks. My internet is running really slow. I blame it on Stephanie Barty's Canadian internet. For some reason it, it infected my American internet. I know that makes no sense whatsoever, but she's laughing, so that's that's the 
the important thing. Uh, it says principal photography of the spinoff series is expected to begin this summer in Virginia for an unspecified 2020 premiere date. The series was created by The Walking Dead Chief Content Officer Scott Gimple and longtime Walking Dead producer writer Matt Nagate Nagetti Nigi I don't know who will serve as the upcoming spinoff showrunner for its 10 episode first season. So what do you think? Uh, what do I think? I think I don't now obviously because I keep talking about it, I I, I have a fondness for The Walking Dead. But I think that I don't know. I, I I think this series is almost done. I mean, I I I think that the zombie lore has gone, and this is coming from a guy who wrote, you know, the end, which was a zombie story, and um, yeah. I mean, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't see it lasting very much longer. I really don't. Uh, neither it being the comic books or the, the TV shows. Now, they might get a, a couple good movies in the next four or five years, you know, big big screen movies, but I, I think that's pretty much it. But I'm, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong, which would not be the first time, <laughs> you know, if I... Uh, yeah, let's let's not talk about my shortcomings on <laughs> my own podcast. <laughs> Uh, okay, speaking of shortcomings, Rob Liefeld. Um, yeah, that was a joke. Rob Liefeld. I grew up with Rob Liefeld. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I did. 80s and the 90s. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, just... If you've never heard of Rob Liefeld... Uh, Google Rob Liefeld criticism. That's all you need to do. Anyway, somehow he's back with uh, some major fire and some major push. As this article says that Rob Liefeld's major X number zero introduces a mysterious new X-Men team. Just what we need. More people with X's on themselves. Now, again, this is coming from an X-Men fan. <laughs> uh yeah i'm looking at the artwork that is straight hardcore liefeld what the fuzzy navel wow okay we'll just go with that wow marvel comics major x may have completed his miniseries with the release of issue number six but a special zero issue plans to continue the saga with the reveal of the new X-Men team from the future. Major X creator Rob Liefeld shelled artwork from the issues number zero on social media, revealing the team of X-Men calling themselves X-Command. Oh, 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 that is clever. I added that in, by the way. <laughs> the five mutants. now. I'll shut up. I'll just read. I'll just read. I promise I would read. Let me read. The five mutants are all wearing helmets similar to the ones worn by Major X, 
with their costumes alternating between different color combinations. The ranks of X Command revealed in the pages of Major X Number Zero. Do I actually take any of their helmets off? Rob Layfeld wrote in an Instagram post revealing X Command. The world of Major X expands as the mythology in the legend is explored. Can't wait to share it with all of you. Hashtag Marvel. Hashtag Major X. Hashtag Cable. Hashtag Deadpool. Hashtag I failed. Hashtag Hashtagged out. I added that one too. Uh, yeah, I'm amusing myself. Sorry, gang. Uh, so yeah, you can go to Rob Liefeld's Instagram, which is instagram.com slash Rob Liefeld, R-O-B-I-L-I-E-F-I-E-L-D. And you can check out his, his artwork for, you know, it's, excuse me, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's leaps and bounds better than what it used to be but i can look at it and still see it's rob liefeld at least he's he has new mouth positions that's a plus it says liefeld would go on to stay or to say in a separate instagram post that major x number zero will include sections dedicated to a sketchbook of his designs along with the interview Taking readers deeper into the mythology behind the new X-Men character. I don't know. I just... I, uh, I don't know. Watch. He, he be, five years from now, folks, he's going to be like, you know, the hottest thing since sliced bread. Major X number zero expands the saga in a big way, he said. X-Command and its members are introduced here. Huge sketchbook section, an interview to boot, four covers, inform your retailer, hashtag Riley, good grief, hashtag Rob Liefeld, do I have to go through the hashtags again, hashtag Rob Liefeld, hashtag Major X, hashtag Cable, hashtag Deadpool, hashtag Marvel, hashtag Colors, hashtag whatever, Hashtag to be hashtagged for hashtagging for hashtag sakes. And colors by at Evergreen Fernando. For Ferrando F F A J Far Har Harja Good Lord. <laughs> uh, it's uh at E V E R G R E-E-N-F-A-J-A-R-D-O. I know that I have a name of David Montoya, but I pronounce my words like a white boy. Okay. It remains to be seen if the the members of X-Command are descendants of the current X-Men. The major X-Miniseries reveals his parents to be Cable and storm major x zero goes on sale august 7th be there or be square added that piece for you too game um i you know i don't know 
my gut tells me because he has that that old school type storytelling so it it's very possible that you know these are just bad guys from way back when so uh let's see where do i want to go how do i want to do it let's see if i can squeeze in these last two i'm pretty sure I can uh, let me see what I can do game. Okay. I'll try to keep my 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 mouth shut while I read. It says does Kingman's trailer hint at an old Ruspin conspiracy theory? The Kingsman trailer, a prequel to the 2014 Kingsman Night Service set in World War 1, hints the movie might draw from a conspiracy theory regarding a British Secret Service involvement in the assassination of famous Russian mystic Georgo oh, I practiced this, practiced this earlier. Grigory. Gregory. <laughs> Gregory. Good Lord. Ruspin. Or Ruspin. I apologize for my Russian uh, listeners. The first trailer shows at least two separate characters fighting with Ruspin with shots flashing and the sheer scale of World War One. During the war, Britain and its allies fought Germany on the West Front while Russia kept the Central Powers busy on the East Front. The conspiracy theory in question contends Ruspin was assassinated because he was using his influence to push the Tsar to sign a peace treaty with Germany. I've never heard that. The logic behind the treaty was a preserve Russia's autonomic regime by avoiding the expense and loss of Russian lives of carrying out the war with Germany. But its success would have forced Britain to face the full force of Germans in the West. Interesting. I, I never heard that. I'm glad I picked that up. Within Russian, or Russia, Ruspin's plans were opposed by most of the atrocities and the military elite. Sorry, my glasses are sliding off my nose. Who were instead wanted their country to win territorial advantages by allying with Britain and France against Germany. Ruspin's enemies also stoked rumors of supposed sorcery. Now, I did hear about that, and, and it says uh, supposed sorcery and cult-like rituals and sexual debauchery with his female acolytes. I, I heard all – that was actually all covered in world history, college world history. Uh, so there you go. Which further damaged his reputation, reputation and multiplied the, the, come on, load, apathy against him and his seemingly nefarious policies. Although there had previously been an attempt on his life, Ruspin was killed in December 1916 by Felix Yusupov. The Tsar's nephew-in-law and Vladimir, Vladimir Prushchev, a member of the Durham, 
a Russian political assembly. According to testimony, first they tied, tried to poison Ruspin's tea cakes and wine with cyanide, but he just kept enjoying himself for hours when he finally had died within minutes. <laughs> Alleging that this scared them even more. The two shot Ruspin once in the heart and once in the stomach. Still not died. Ruspin was then tied up, rolled in a blanket, and thrown into a river. Wow. Poor guy. Ruspin was found frozen and dead, but there were a but there was a third bullet hole found in his forehead, which I remember reading about that as well. And for indicating he'd been shot point blank with a revolver, a weapon that neither Yusupov nor Puchev possessed. A theory quite well explained in the BBC Two documentary state that the revolver belonged to Oswald Rayner, a British MI6 agent based in Moscow. He met Felix when they were students in Oxnard and helped craft a narration of a failed poisoning and who even confessed to his cousin Rose that he had been present at Ruspin's assassination. Today, the MI6 denies having any knowledge of Rayner's involvement in the plot, although journalist Michael Smith wrote that Mansfield Cummings, then head of British intelligence bureaus, and the also Ian Fleming's inspiration of Jane Bond, M, had deployed three operatives to Russia to assist in Ruspin's demise. The Kingsman trailer actually shows one character firing a revolver, Polly. Whether she, she'll be the one to pull the trigger on Ruspin remains to be seen, but there is a good indication the fledging intelligence agency played some role in the death of the Russian mystic and the theory of a third gunman from Britain. The actual movie could, of course, approach Ruspin in a variety of different ways, but there is definitely evidence to suggest this theory of British spy organization involvement in his death could work their way into the film. Theorists just had which organization wrong. Well, there you go. The Kingsman stars a whole bunch of actors. <clears throat> As you can hear, my voice is going out. And is slated for February 2020. Hopefully it's not February 8th, 2020, because we'll all be a PCE. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Where am I at on time? Uh, let's see. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to myself. I'm tired. It's it's two o'clock in the morning, gang. Uh, okay, last bit of news here. It's not news. Each we get together every week and we look at something cool. Um, you know, I I just I I can't wait until I I make the down payment for PCE and then I can start buying stuff again. Um, this week from the Big Bad Toy Store, 
is Marvel Soft Bennel Spider-Man. Yeah, and this is a pre-order. You know, I like to I like to get everybody a pre-order so that way that you can find it online and order it after you, you know, and there's still going to be a, a chance of getting it. So, let's see what it says. It says product description. Next in the Sentinel Sebel figure line in Spider-Man, presented in his iconic Red and blue suit, Spider-Man is posed in a crouching position, ready to bust into action at any moment. Product features. It's a 7.87 inch or 20 centimeter tall, made from plastic. It's the second in this soft bundle, bindle, I apologize, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, line. Highly detailed sculpt, created by prototype maker, Jikawi. Interesting. It says box content Spider-Man figure. So that's all you get in this one is it's a Spider-Man figure. And before I read how much it is, I need to go ahead and give you your general safety warning, which is general safety warning. Product sold by BBST may be intended for adult collectors. Products may contain sharp points, small parts, choking hazards, and other elements not suitable for children under the age of 16. Okay, and let's jump over here. It is pre-ordered, estimated to arrive December 2019, and we are talking $144.99, and it looks like, okay... Standard shipping is all that that's left. It says pre-order notes. Arrival date is an estimate and not guaranteed. No payment is due until the product is available to ship. Item may be canceled anytime before payment is due. And then it says standard grade. This item is brand new and in mint condition. Package is cased fresh but may have flaws. Suitable to display in package or open. And that is it, gang. Uh, I know a couple people that would love to see this on their own collection. Uh, it's it's really, really detailed. It really is. Nice. All right, gang. Thank you so much for letting me come in and, and ramble for almost an hour now. Um, I, I don't... I. I know there are some things that I missed on uh, my news feed of what I usually cover, but I, I wanted to get the, the meat and potatoes of everything together and give you a show after I ranted for, what, 30 minutes. <laughs> so come back next week. We will do it all again for the My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am David K. Montoya, and as always... I bid you all adieu.